0: welcome you this morning. Uh, what a great opportunity we have at Family of Grace. Uh, we are a church of uh, great staff. This morning, we're out of town, uh, things with the church, the ministry. Pastor Ralph, uh, one of our pastors on staff here, is going to be bringing you the word today. I know that it will bless your heart. Pastor Ralph has been a close friend and a partner in ministry for a long time, and uh, it's a great example of what we're trying to do at Family of Grace. I hope that uh, God will encourage you through his message today. Luke, we'll find our passage today
1: in the Gospel according to Luke, uh, chapter 18. Uh, probably a very familiar passage of Scripture to you today. Uh, and, and it's about uh, a guy by the name of Bartimaeus uh, who's sitting beside the road in, in desperation. And along comes a man named Jesus one day and lifts him out of that desperation because the presence of the Lord lifts us up. Would you not agree with that this morning that that we have experienced the presence of the Lord today? And I don't know about you, but he's lifted me up this morning. And I believe that he's done that for you. So in Luke chapter uh, 18, we're going to begin reading uh, in verse number 21, uh, 31, how about that? Then Jesus took the twelve aside and said to them, Look, we're going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be handed over to the Gentiles. He will be mocked, mistreated, and spat on. They will flog him severely and kill him. Yet on the third day will he rise again. But the twelve understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what Jesus meant. They just couldn't get their their minds wrapped around what Jesus was talking about. They could not see what Jesus was talking about. And we go on in verse 35. And Jesus, uh, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. And when he heard a crowd going by, he asked what was going on. They told him, Jesus the Nazarene is passing by. So he called out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And those that were in front scolded him and told him to be quiet. And he shouted even more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stopped and ordered the beggar to be brought to him. When the, when the man came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He replied, Lord, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he regained his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they too Gave praise to God. Father, thank you for your word today. God, I pray that you would teach us from your word today. God, may we understand, open our eyes today to hear, to see what you're saying to us today so that we might apply it to our hearts and that we might live it out in our lives this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What we have here is we got 12 guys who've been with Jesus at this point probably about a th- little over three years, almost three and a half years, and they had understood. Uh, they had studied what the prophets had said they had heard they had heard Jesus talk about the time when he would go to Jerusalem and, and lay down his life uh, for all of us for the sins of the world but but they just could not get their minds wrapped around what Jesus was talking about here. So we got twelve guys who had perfect physical sight, but had no spiritual insight as to what Jesus was talking about. And then we got one guy sitting beside the road who could not see physically, but had 20-20 spiritual eyesight. And so we see that as Jesus is going along, uh, he's headed to Jerusalem now for uh, the last Passover. Uh, And he's going through the town called Jericho, which is about... Uh, 15 miles or so from from Jerusalem and, and the problem is that, G, that that the disciples and many of the Jews at that time they had an idea about what Jesus ought to be they had an idea about what Jesus ought to do but the problem is Jesus did not fit into their mold he did not he did not Uh, fit into what they thought that he ought to look like. He was not doing what they thought he ought to do. Can I just tell you something this morning? He's probably not going to fit into your mold either. He's probably going to surprise you with some things in in your life as well. And and so no doubt what Jesus is doing here, he's on a mission. Uh, He's headed toward Jerusalem. Uh, where the things that He's talking about is going to take place in in just a few days. In fact, Luke chapter 9 tells us that that Jesus had had set His face to go to Jerusalem. He was determined. He had a mission. He had a a purpose. And He was fulfilling that. Verse 35 tells us that uh, Jesus is, is coming into Jericho at this place. And so what we see is, we see the place. The place is... It's Jericho. It means, it literally means a place of fragrance. Jericho was known for many things. No doubt, if you... If you've ever been in Sunday school or vacation Bible school or in church at all, you've heard about Jericho, right? You've heard how the children of Israel, as they were moving from their wilderness wanderings and moving toward the land that God had promised them, that was the first city that they conquered as they were moving into that promised land. And how they went there and they would march around that city once a day for seven days and then they marched around it seven times and they they gave a great shout, and the the walls came tumbling down. Can I just tell you something? I don't think that was the greatest miracle that ever took place in Jericho. Let me tell you what I believe the greatest miracle was. Her name was Rahab. But before before they went in, when the spies went in to to spy out the city, they they got connected with a woman of ill repute by the name of of Rahab. And she said, you know what? I've heard about your God. I've heard that He's a miracle-working God. And I don't understand all I know about it, but here's what I do know. I want to get connected with that kind of God. And because of her faith, because of her faith, her entire family was spared and saved. Let me tell you something. God honors faith. God always honors faith. And we're going to see that uh, in the life of, of this blind beggar. And, and so we see that, that that Jericho was a was a place that had been conquered very early on by the, by the children of Israel. It was a place known for its absolute breathtaking beauty. There, there, were, there were spices and honey and flowers. And it was such a gorgeous place and, and a place that, that smelled so good and yet... There was at least one person who could not see that, who could not appreciate the beauty of that, the the abounding beauty that it had. And so the setting is a place where God had manifested miraculous powers in the past a place where God had showed up and and showed out uh, in in fine fashion before. And although miracles had happened in this place before, and although it was a beautiful place and and a place of fragrance, here was one guy who needed a miracle in his life. And so we see the person then who is in that place, and his name is Bartimaeus. The King James says that there was a certain man there, So it wasn't just any blind man. There was a certain man. It was somebody that Jesus had took note of. And Bartimaeus is a combination of two Hebrew words meaning son of the unclean. Now, don't you know he was proud of his parents, right? How would you like to have that name? Son of the unclean. The implication is that his dad was unclean. And consequently, Bartimaeus was unclean. He was unclean ethnically. He was unclean spiritually, uh, religiously. He was, he was unclean. Uh, 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 he was a social outcast. Now, if you read the book of Leviticus, and you don't just like read the book of Leviticus, you got to be intentional when you're reading that, right? But Leviticus talks about how uh, the, the people were to care for, for blind men, or, or blind people at that time, and, and how there was to be a, 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 a way for them to, to care for, because there, there were no social programs like we have today. Uh, in place at that time. And so there there was this cultural and religious stigma that was attached to blindness. You see, especially uh, in the sight of those who uh, uh, who, could not, who could not see that they felt like that they were getting something that they deserved. You remember uh, on another occasion, Jesus was, was walking along another road with his disciples one day and they came upon another blind man one day and the disciples asked a very pointed question of Jesus. They looked at this guy and they said, uh, uh, Teacher, is he blind because of his parents' sin or because of his own sin? You see, there was this idea that, that, he would, that he was just getting what he deserved. There was this idea that, that he had did something, he had done something wrong and, and that had caused his blindness. There was some sin in his life that had caused his blindness. And so there was that, that stigma that was attached to somebody who could not. See, just a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Brad was telling me about someone that he was ministering to who had who had actually lost a child. And what that person said to Pastor Brad was, I guess that's my punishment for not following God. But let me tell you something. All of the punishment for all of the sin was taken on the cross of Calvary on Jesus Christ. All of the punishment, now listen, there are consequences to sin, don't get me wrong. If, if, you, if you drink in excess, you may have cirrhosis of the liver, okay? There are consequences to sin. If you do things that harm your body, your body is going to uh, suffer those consequences. But I want you to know that all of the punishment for all of the sin that you've ever committed or that you will ever commit was placed on the, 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 the person of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And so there was this sense that those who were blind deserved what they were getting. And they were often outcast and shown no respect and castigated. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with them. So put yourself kind of in this guy's place. He's sitting there and When people look at him, they're thinking, well, you're just getting what you deserve. He had no options. I I mean, there, there wasn't a lot of options for blind people in that day. Nobody liked him. Nobody really cared for him. And so here's the problem. Mark's blind. <laughs> That's the problem. And he's sitting beside the road, and he's and he's begging. He's begging. He didn't even have a "Will Work for Food" sign there. He's just he's just begging. He's just he's just asking for something from someone who's passing by. In the Gospel of Mark, Mark tells us that. that that this man was wearing an old garment which would indicate that that he was a beggar and he's just sitting there waiting for something to happen because he had no options. There was nothing else that he could do. And you know what? This is a reality for so many of us today. This is a word picture painted uh, uh, of how the the condition of so many today because 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the glorious gospel. There are those that are spiritually blind and there's nothing they can do about it. Not on their own. You see, this man knew that he was blind and so did everybody else. And you know what to me the greatest tragedy... Wouldn't it have been a tragedy if he had tried to pretend like he wasn't blind? I mean that... Really, if he would have tried to function like he wasn't blind. But but you know what? The, 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 to me, a great tragedy today are those who try to function like they're not blind. When in all reality, they've been blinded by the God of this age. And they know they're blind and so does everybody else. And they're not fooling anybody. Just like Bart couldn't have fooled anybody about his physical blindness. And so, we we see now... The plea. He says, Jesus, have mercy on me. That's the plea. Look, look at verse 36 with me. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. He might have been blind, but he wasn't dumb. He knew something was going on. He knew that, he, I'm sure that he knew there there would be a, a mass migration of people along that route at that time. That they, He knew that there would be a lot of people making their way through Jericho, going to Jerusalem for the Passover. In fact, he had probably, probably been planning this for some time. I think I would have. I mean, th- this would have probably been good for business for him. Because you had a lot of people going up there to worship the Lord, right? And so they're getting themselves in a a spiritual kind of mood going up to Jerusalem to worship and and surely that would make them feel better if they were able to give a little bit uh, along the way. And so he he had probably been strategizing uh, uh, about this time for, for quite some time and, and, and so there, there's like there's this excitement going on you know there, there are people coming through and, and getting ready to go and, and to worship the Lord and observe the, the Passover and and, and so there, he, he recognizes that, that there's something different happening though. it's not just people passing through there, there's something going on here. And in verse 37, he asks a question. He says, well, you know, what, what's happening? What, what's going on? And, and the reply in verse 37 is, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And I can only begin to imagine that his heart must have leapt within him when he's thinking about, could it be? <laughs> I mean, is this really possible? Maybe he had heard about a healer before. Maybe he had heard about this guy from Nazareth before named Jesus. Maybe he had heard about some of the things that he had done. Maybe he had heard about the fact that there was this rumor that this same guy had reached down one day and caught somebody who had never walked before by the hand and lifted him up and he began to walk from that day forward. Maybe he had heard about a time when Jesus had had met another blind man and he spat in his eyes. Or actually spat on the ground and made some clay and put it in his eyes and he was able to see. Maybe he's hoping Jesus spit my eye today. Open my eyes. Maybe he had heard about all of those things, but but you know what's interesting to me? What's interesting to me is when he began to call out, he didn't call out, hey, dude from Nazareth. No, he called out, son of David. He is is showing uh, his belief that Jesus is the Messiah. That's, That's what he's saying. Because the Old Testament had been pointing to this for thousands of years for God to send His Son uh, from a small town in the north and, and He was the, the God-man, the, the healer sent from heaven, the Savior of the world. And you know what? His physical eyes may have not been open, but I can tell you that his spiritual eyes were 2020, because he recognized something about Jesus that nobody else recognized. He saw that he was the Messiah. He saw something the others didn't. Maybe Bart had heard that Jesus had stood in the temple one day and he read from the scripture that said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind maybe he had heard that but when Bart called out for the son of David to have mercy on him he was expressing his belief that Jesus was the Messiah the son of David and he knew what Jesus could do for him can I ask you something today do you really know who Jesus is? He's not just a good teacher. He's not just some kind of heavenly Santa Claus. Do you know what He can do for you today? Do you know that He can break every chain that has you bound? Do you know that He can open your spiritual eyes? Do you know that He's the Savior of the world? But He's not just the Savior of the world. He wants to be your Savior. Do you know that? Bart was aware of his spiritual blindness. And his belief that Jesus was right on. But more than that intellectual ascent, he acted on that. You see, belief is not just giving some kind of intellectual ascent. Belief is, is acting on that. Faith is, is, is motion, It's putting your belief in the motion. True belief means action. You see, Bart knew that he needed mercy because there was nothing that he could do on his own. There was nothing he could do. And in the first part of verse 39, we see that the, the crowd of people were telling him to sit down and shut up. Leave Jesus alone. He's, he's going to Jerusalem to observe the Passover. we got time to fool you. But I love the second half of verse 39. He says, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. <laughs> this guy, Bart, was bold, was he not? I mean, he was bold. He was bold. In calling out to Jesus, this was his chance to receive mercy and grace and healing in his life. And he was not going to let that chance pass. And I wonder if if you and I have that same kind of boldness that Bart had. To call out to Jesus. To be sure, when you begin to call out to Jesus, there will be those that will tell you to sit down and to shut up. But I'm here to tell you that, that there is nothing... That ought to keep us from calling out to Jesus in our time of need. Nothing, no one. Hebrews 4.16 says, in the King James, it says, For us to come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. Isn't that a wonderful promise? But to come boldly, with confidence. With confidence. And he'll reward your faith. and Then we see the probing question here from Jesus. He says, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, wasn't that rather obvious? Do you think Jesus didn't know that he was blind? I think he did. Pretty sure he did. So Jesus stopped and he ordered the man to be brought to him. Mark, it tells us that he that he threw off his coat and he went to him. And I picture everything getting pretty quiet about this time. And perhaps even some of those who had told, Bart, sit down and shut up, were now going to get him and say, hey, Jesus is calling for you. Leading him over there. And he comes face to face with the Messiah. And Jesus says, Bart, What do you want me to do for you? You know what? That's the probing question Jesus is asking you today. He's he's calling you by name today. Because you know what? You're, You're not just anybody. You're a certain somebody in the eyes of Jesus. And Jesus is looking at you today and he's asking you this probing question. He's saying, what do you want me to do for you? What can I do for you? You see, there's this, you say, well, well, Jesus knows my needs. Yeah, he does. James says we have not because we ask not. And so the probing question for for Bart and for you and for me today is from Jesus is, "What what, what do you want me to do for you? And I like the pointed answer. He says, Lord, that I may receive my son. You know what? Bart was not very, was not general in his response. If, if Bart would have said, well, Lord, I just want you to bless me, Jesus could have had Judas give him a couple of shekels and that would have been a blessing, would it not? Jesus could have given him a new coat and that would have blessed, been a blessing, would it not? But that was not his deepest need. The deepest need was that he could receive his sight. And that's specifically what he asked for. And I wonder how many of us when we go to the Lord and the Lord is calling us by name and he's, we're standing face to face with him just like Bart was on this faithful day on, uh, on the road uh, from Jericho to Jerusalem. He's standing face to face with the Messiah and Jesus is looking at him saying, what do you want me to do for you? What does he say? Lord, this is what I need more than anything. And I wonder today, if, as Jesus is calling you by name and he's looking at you face to face and he's asking you this question, what will you say? Don't be afraid to tell him what that need is. Jesus is looking for some Barts today, people who will be bold in their response to him. If you need salvation, tell him that's what you need. If you need finances, tell him how much you need. Not, not that you're informing him of something that he doesn't already know, but it's a faith declaration on your part. Say, God, there's nothing I can do about this, but God, this is what I'm asking for you for because there's nothing too difficult for you. And then there's the praise. Bartimaeus praise. And when the others saw what Jesus had done for him, they praised. Isn't that awesome, the way that works? Verse 43 says that immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also prayed. Some of the same people that said, sit down and shut up and leave him alone, are now praising God because of what Jesus had done for him. Wow. Wow. Bart received, then he followed, and then he praised. And those who saw what had taken place were led to praise the Lord as well. He received, he followed, and then he praised.
0: As Pastor Ralph has preached this message this morning, If God has spoken to your heart. Man, we want to encourage you to just be all that he's speaking to you to be. A man a family of grace, if there's any way that we can help you Fulfill that call in your life. It would be our greatest honor. No matter who you are, no matter what your background or culture may be, Family of Grace is a place that God can use to help make a difference in your life. May the Lord richly bless you.
1: FCA, we're touching millions one heart at a time. Since 1954, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes has been putting the heart and soul in sports by challenging athletes and coaches to impact the world for Jesus Christ. As the largest sports ministry in the world, FCA now reaches over 2 million people annually on the professional, college, high school, junior high, and youth levels. Through this shared passion for athletics and faith,
0: lives are changed one heart at a time. Learn more at fca.org.